0: Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You at the spot, the place, the location where the conversation is what? Pointed, the guests are what? Sharp, and the responses are never dull. Today, we are with Lisa Quinto. And we are yeah, going yeah. to be, we're gonna be talking about um, some heavy stuff. Yep. We're going to talk about recovery and redemption and what it is to be the parent of a child that has been addicted to drugs for 15 years, but the recovery and the redemption, but also a different insight. She's a horse whisperer. Oh yes. She does amazing things with horses and maybe she can get me over the fear because a horse ran away with me one time, baby, and I ain't did nothing since, but bet on him. <laughs> oh yeah. So we're gonna talk about that a whole lot more. She is from Sandwood, Washington.
1: Stanwood, Washington. Stanwood, where Stanwood, Washington. It's about an hour north of Seattle.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, you near Humboldt? Yeah. No, that you know where the free yeah. thinkers are. The hippies are there. Still hippies up in yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I hung out with the hippies out on Venice Beach, girl, and lost my car oh. keys. <laughs> I had to be towed hundred and thirty-two miles back because I lost my keys. <laughs> Okay. Oh, man. I'm not going to color in the white spaces. I ain't going to tell y'all the details, but it was quite the party.
1: (laughs) I bet. Yeah. So you are a wonderful woman. Tell us how you show up in the world. So I show up trying to really um, spread love because I really feel like there is not enough of that not enough love not enough connection with each other we've lost that and we've lost it before covid but after covid it's even been more difficult i've said for years we're starting to become a society that's having a a failure to thrive which is connection connection with each other and without judgment connection with curiosity And when we can look at each other with curiosity, we drop the judgment and we realize we're all here doing the absolute best we can.
0: Well, I don't know if I agree with that 110% because love, unconditional love, I've said it a gazillion times. I have issues with that. There's conditions on my life. You know, you come at me a certain kind of way, you disrespect me. You hit me. You hurt me. You hurt my family. All that. My conditions. I won't hurt you. I won't bother you. But you, not at the Agape love with me. So, but yeah, I still love individuals, but I love mm-hmm. them from a distance. There's a lot of loss in the world. There's a yes. lot of vacancies, and some of them are self-induced. Mm-hmm. You know, you cannot give what you don't have. Absolutely, people don't understand what that four-letter word means. That is in every religious text, you know. Any energy field, the first thing they want you to do is connect to love. It is a power source, like backing your button to a light socket. (laughs) You get a charge. Yeah, and also judgments. Judgments create boundaries. All judgments (laughs) don't have to be negative judgments, but um, edit and filtering and figure out what is important because you just can't just let everybody just be all up in your space, front row seat. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. And the only way that you can do that is have a good sense of character. So what brought you to this space and give you this longing and this yearning to embrace people with love?
1: And I want to also premise that I start with really loving myself. Mm -hmm. I can't love anyone else until I love myself and have really good boundaries with myself. That is something that I learned in my journey with my daughter being struggling with addiction is having good boundaries for myself is, was the key for, for me. And that's what I am supporting others with now So those boundaries, boundaries are, the most powerful boundary you can have is with yourself. When you notice you want to cross your boundary, that's when you get to see your trigger. What's your trigger to step over that boundary you've made with yourself? So for like an example, I told my daughter after a lot of enabling and people pleasing that I would not be giving her any more money or buying her anything, but I would meet her anywhere for a meal. We could talk whenever we wanted, but that was my boundary. My boundary was I'm not enabling you any longer. That's not something I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing. And if I'm looking at crossing that boundary, I need to look at what's triggering me to want to cross that boundary. And then that's mine. And how can I, that's love. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Love can be 100 percent as,
0: as warming and as inviting. It can be toxic too, brains. Okay. Yep. I'm clear with my love. I don't worked on it for 61 years. Yeah. And uh it can be toxic because you want to please, you want to help. It's convoluted. You stay in bad mm-hmm. relationships, you get beat, you give money, you get um, you get addicted. Because of this thing that you love. So you have to yeah. understand and define what that means for you. It's not the same for everybody.
1: Some oh, 100%. Want,
0: yeah. Some people just want a warm fuzzy. Some people want to kiss. Some people want to go ride on the back of the horse. But then there's mm-hmm. other people that want you to sell your soul to the devil for, yeah. for the, the sake of this thing called love. Mm-hmm. Okay. So your daughter, you said was on uh, heroin, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and that's that's some pretty intense stuff for 15 years
1: she was addicted to different types of drugs but heroin at the end um started off with you know oxy and things like that and this all started off from her being very sick for a long time and you know being on pain medications and it just kept going and uh yeah uh turned into a very long road with a lot of A lot of really tough things of jail time, prison time, overdosing, you know, a lot, a lot of, you know, and I had to look at how am I playing a role in this? What role am I playing in this and how can I love myself? to create the conditions for her to step into. So as I love myself and I create those conditions for myself with my boundaries, with how I'm showing up for myself, I'm showing her what's possible. Right,
0: but she's yeah. got want it, and she's in pain. And she's- so Absolutely. At this at this point, you know, I had a, a family member that uh, had a back injury and it started out, you know, again, mild, then they got the pain pump, then they took the pain pump out. Then they got the pills. Then the pills weren't working. Yeah. Then they started, uh, you know, getting street drugs because it was cheap and it was easy to get. And then they was loaded all the time. And yeah. they don't know what it feels like to not have that pain. Right. And then there's a shame associated with it. Oh, and my God. you asking people, you know, for money. And they looking at you with a side eye. And, you, you know, you're taking a little bit here. You're doing a little bit there. And yep. overdose on fentanyl. Yep, because you don't know what you're getting. You right. don't know what you're getting. They have these test kits now here out that you can test your dope before you. You get. I make heard sure something about that. Yeah, if you don't have fentanyl in it, um, and it's tough. It's tough it's- to look at your daughter because she's sick and she's trembling or she's drooling yeah. or she's begging, or yep. they sell. You know, they 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 sell soul. Yeah, so they they turn a trick for you know whatever situation it is and then you go to jail and then you got to yeah. sit there in the jail cell and you got to try to uh, uh detox right and then you disrespect it and then you got to record yeah. I mean it just goes on and on and on and on yeah. but what was her breakthrough what was her aha her
1: breakthrough was being accepted into drug court in Seattle where she was living at the time and that was a program and it is still a program that, uh, is a year long program. Uh, they give you a place to live. They give you counseling, they give you treatment. Um, but if you use at any point during that time, you would have to serve out a sentence that you were convicted of. She was looking at five years in prison mm. or doing drug court. And drug court is what worked for her. And it's about, I want to say at the time, because this was a few years ago, before COVID, so probably about five years ago now, um, it was about a 30% finish rate. Wow. So 70% didn't make it.
0: Okay. That so she comes comes back home and same cast of characters are still there. You know? Yes. Okay. This was... Hey baby, yeah. come on! You know, come over here and let me do this. you know, you know, you want to do this and this, that, another, and all of that conversation. How was she strong enough to grab hold of herself, not you, not drug court, and how was she able to grab hold of herself and say, "You know what? I don't want this life anymore."
1: Yeah, and and I I want to say I don't think any drug addict wants that life. They they don't see a way out. But yes, it was her realizing that the version of herself that was a drug addict had to die and the new version of her had to be born in that version didn't have anything to do with the cast of characters that was in her previous life and that is what has really worked for her um as well as really working on herself as well like take really realizing that each time she went through treatment you know uh, you have someone go through treatment they're in if they're in a 28-day program they're working on themselves from 6 a.m till 10 p.m so you know what she would she had all the tools but she didn't have the ability to work through the emotional mental part that kept her there her triggers things like that so yes it it took takes getting out of that ecosystem and it also took i played a part in that because she didn't come back to the same ecosystem she left in i really worked on myself so i could say i'm seeing that behavior again what's going on do we need to have a conversation what's happening and she knew that this was for her best good like it wasn't me judging her it was me being curious about where are you at right now and how can i support you to stay on the path you want to be on and it, you know with any addiction it is a lot of times moment to moment i'm clean and sober this right now this right. moment
0: right that's with anybody yes you have to be in the moment okay but yeah. well, what about the pain
1: is it yeah is, it, is there physical pain gone the the physical pain started to really dissipate it's very interesting when she started working through the issues that part of what got her there which was some of the the things that she experienced in her life that really had a big impact from for her from her childhood of where she felt like she didn't belong she had had many ear surgeries and so she couldn't like ride a bike. She couldn't run. She couldn't do a lot of those things. So she felt like she didn't belong. So there was a lot of things like that, that she needed to really work through. And when she was able to work through that, it's interesting how the pain started to leave. Yeah. A lot of my guests have told me
0: that is that you got to get to the root cause. And if you get to the root cause, the pain will go away. Well, I don't know what my problem is because this hip is kicking my butt. <laughs> I'm not oh. a pain man. I'm trying to stretch through it and work it out. But what is the what is the core, you know? What is the core problem? So now, yeah. you took a deep breath and you said, you know what? I am going to off board some of this. What am I going to do for me? Not always be there for my daughter because it's her journey. Yep. No, you're you're the Uber driver, you right? Know? but it's her journey but what am i going to do to replenish myself because i'm depleted i'm sad i don't feel that i'm enough because i'm not able to get her out of the situation i don't want to see her suffer i don't want to be mean i i i i, I. that that conversation was crazy so you started dealing with horses yep. how did you get involved with horses and how do they make you feel
1: yeah so in two thousand and twelve I had a good friend of mine um who was um i I was a massage therapist for a long time and she was a she was a client and she asked me to come out riding and I'd been involved with horses many years before and I found my happy place and I realized this was something really really helped me so I bought my first horse in two thousand twelve her name was Luna she just passed away this past march oh. um at 26 she was a ripe old age so yeah she did great um but she showed me how I was showing up for myself horses are a mirror of how we show up and so she required me to be there to take care of her to take care of myself we learned to take care of each other And that allowed me to show up more powerfully. It allowed me to have a relationship with her that allowed me to be courageous, to be vulnerable, to ask for what I needed and to give her what I had. We had an incredible partnership that um, I probably will never have again. I have another horse now, but... I will never have again. She was just very special.
0: Yeah, it'll be different. And you were at a different place at that. Yes. Time.
1: Yes. And she was there to literally carry you through. We saved each other. I like to say we saved each other. She was a 15-year-old brood mare, which means that she was a horse that was bred for, you know, creating babies and was neglected and didn't know really what she should have known at 15. Um, and I was battered and broken from years of dealing with the situation with my daughter and so I would show up vulnerable and I would show up how I was feeling and she mirrored that for me and then she showed me what else was possible you can be brave you can step through this you need to show up for yourself you need to love yourself um just an amazing amazing partnership yeah
0: You have this amazing partner that you put a saddle on and that you ride. uh, And she rides you through adversity. Mm -hmm. Her strength, her courage, you mirror that. I know there's a lot of parents out there that have children that maybe they're not addicted to drugs, but they may have mental challenges. Mm -hmm. Uh, They may have health challenges. And this is on the cutting edge of Recovery, redemption is horse therapy. Animal yep. therapy. Yep. Horses, they take them out with the goats, they take them out with the chickens, because animals speak a different language, but yes. it's so intuitive that you can't miss it. My dog would cock his head to the side. I knew exactly what he was talking about. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, those things. So I, I totally get it. What are you doing? with parents or even other people that are in recovery
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um, and using this horse sense that you get to make them better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I had a retreat here a couple of months ago in August and uh, two of the guests were a mother, daughter, daughter being recovering from addiction and mother being in the same situation that I was in. And, uh, Mom had worked with horses in the past and had a horse when she was younger, but Doddard hadn't. When uh, we first started, uh, my horse, his name is Hershey, didn't really want to have too much to do with her. He actually kind of asked her to leave, pinned his ears at her and wanted her to leave because she was feeling very anxious. She was just in a spot where she wasn't feeling grounded. Um, as we worked through that and she came back a little bit later, he invited her in. I see you're here differently. Come and be with me. By the time we ended two days later, he was seeking her out and she was seeking him out and was showing her, this is how you show up for yourself. And to watch that transformation happen in less than a day was amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I help people by Working with horses, we're not riding. This is all groundwork. We're on the ground. But the horse is showing literally how you're feeling. So if you're mad, they're pinning their ears. They're they're showing you anger. When you're happy, their ears are up. They're wanting to engage. They want to get close. If you're anxious, they show you the anxiousness by walking around, not really being able to stand still. And then as you see, oh... Okay, and then they start to invite you into what else is possible and you start to take deeper breaths. This is called the heart coherence. So horses hearts beat about four times slower than ours because of that. As we get closer to them, our heart wants to match theirs. So our heart rate starts to lower. We start to take bigger breaths because their lungs are so large. They're taking big, slow breaths. We start to mirror that just automatically. It just happens. There's, you're not consciously doing that. It's just happening. And as you're doing that, you're becoming more and more relaxed. And as you become more relaxed systemically in your body, in your, in your nervous system, everything just starts to slow down. And as it starts to slow down, you're able to be really present. And as you're able to be present, you're able to see this is where the magic is. Well, there was the no present. magic
0: on mine, and the horse <laughs> smelt, the horse smelt my fear and looked at me like, uh, really? I got on the back, and we're going, and all of a sudden, it went from a gallop, you know, to a trot, to a run. I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm like this. Oh my God, what is going on?" I was scared to death. That horse was so powerful and so fast. And I held on for dear life. And I said every sweet thing I could, baby, please stop. I'm, yeah, I'm scared here. And all of a sudden she just stopped. I politely got off, gave her a couple of sugar cubes, a carrot, and we walked back three miles. I haven't been on a horse since. Oh, but wow. I, I've been around horses And the way, again, the way that they look at you, Mm -hmm. there's a conversation there that's going on. There's a strength there. There is a cohesiveness. So many people tell me that, you know, horses have changed their lives. Animals have changed their lives. So that it's wonderful that you are doing this. Now, are you setting up regular retreats um, for family members or for people in recovery? Yes, I will be setting up more and more. I hate to use that word addict. It just seems like, you know, you're at the top of the house and you can't get down. Or when someone says, hi, my name is Susie and I'm an addict. To me, it seems like you're still identifying with that destructive space instead of saying, hi, I'm Susie or I'm this or I'm that. I don't know the mechanics of of recovery or what the twelve step program or what they do in these programs, but I just really hate to hear people say that because it seems like they still have them stuck in that mindset. But what I have to understand is that maybe that's a mindset that they have to be reminded of so that they don't go back to. I, I I don't know, but I really I think it's both. People, I really love to hear people say, you know, hi, I'm Susie and I'm in recovery.
1: Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that because you are stating where you're going and not where you've been. Exactly. Right. Um, And uh, my understanding with the 12 step program is you're always an addict because then you're always looking at your life as I'm winning each day, each moment that I'm clean, I'm sober, I'm winning because I was an addict, but I love recovery. I, I really love that word better. I'm, I'm in recovery because you are, you are stating to everyone, God, the universe, yourself, that this is what you want. I want to be in recovery. And if you want to, if you want your recovery to even be more, ah, uh, what's the right word? Um, beneficial or to really sink in, help someone else. Again. Because that is you, you've been on that road. You understand what it's like. This is why I say I am a recovery coach for family members of addicts, uh, uh, people who are in recovery, because they're underserved. They're not, they're kind of the forgotten part of this part of society that is really struggling right now. And a big part of that is connection. We lose connection. Anybody who isn't in, in active addiction is lost connection. They've lost connection with everything that's important to them. And as they gain those connections back through recovery, th- that's one of the things that really helps them the most. So yeah, yeah. So I will be scheduling more retreats for next year. And I also really love working on with people one-on-one where we come out and work with the horses one-on-one as in in usually like a uh, six week to a six month program, depending on what they need, okay, they yeah. don't live there
0: on the premises though, do no. they?
1: Okay. No, yeah. no, and I of, can that's work a lot with horses to take
0: on, you know
1: right, and I can work with horses anywhere like i, I it doesn't have to be here. I can um if there's someone that' doesn't live here, I can find a facility that allows that. One of the things I really love about retreats is they get to come here to our farm and have kind of a little mini getaway. We live in the forest, it's beautiful, it's very quiet Um, and it allows for us to also like take nature walks, do some forest bathing, really get quiet Um, because there's a lot of noise when you are dealing with this type of situation mentally and emotionally, there's a lot of noise and it can be uh, consuming. Are you in a relationship? Are you married? Do you have a yep, partner? I am married. Mm-hmm. How long uh, have you been
0: married?
1: Been married since uh 2016. Okay, so you got this married is, right as your daughter was going through this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right as she was. This was kind of in the beginning of her recovery. She had just gotten out of prison and um was clean for a while and was not clean after that. Got in trouble again, but then went into uh, the program drug court in Seattle uh, and finished that in uh, twenty early twenty eighteen. So, so I
0: just ask that because it takes a toll on the relationship.
1: Sure it does. Your mind is
0: you know always on your daughter, her safety, this and the other, and then you're given sprinklings and spacklings and portions of who you are to this person that's trying to hang in there with you ride or die the person that's literally holding the reins that's holding it all together so i commend your partner for hanging in there with you and your girl because it's a big sacrifice
1: yeah (laughs) and you can can really lose yourself well that's where i'm selfish
0: with that love i told you i'm when it comes to my love girl i'm greedy (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. I have two plates full so I understand you know what what a toll that could take and I'm I'm glad that you again found redemption for yourself yeah. so there are programs for um people that are what what is it called um not adult, it's it's like Al-Anon is it Al-Anon is it's for family mm-hmm. members yes so there's a lot of counseling that goes on there too, and a lot of support. Um, yes. What, what's it like to be in one of those conversations? In one yeah, of those
1: that meetings? that is also a similar 12-step program. Um, and it definitely will. I, I feel like what I got out of Al-Anon was the... Uh, just the camaraderie of being with other people that have are are going through the same thing and people that are ahead of you that, you know, whatever has happened with their um, family members uh, recovery. And this is what worked for me. This may be something that you want or need to at least implement or try. Um, And just having support. It, just having support of someone who's who's really not trying to fix it for you just holding space for you as well as giving like this is how I've navigated that path this is what that looks like um I remember being at an Al-Anon. oops sorry go ahead oh,
0: No, the 12-step program I don't know where I read it or saw it or somewhere but it really seems that it's a faith-based doctrine of spirituality or religion, connecting to source, connect, connecting to spirit. Is that, you know, and sometimes I see that people, and I say this snarkily, they go from one addiction to the next. Yes. They, may not be, they may not be on heroin, cocaine, or meth, but they on cigarettes and coffee.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's that nervous energy. Right. Does it take a while for people to kind of thaw out because they're they're frozen in this space. And again, I think it's your vernacular. It's the neuro-linguistic programming that you go through. It's how Absolutely. you talk to yourself. The words that you use. I am this. I am that. I am, you know, that I am, that I conversation. So with the 12 step program, though, do you find or do people find that they connect more with source and spirit during that?
1: Yes, I, 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 I definitely did. I, I can only talk about my experience because I, I have no idea what anybody else was going through. But yes, that, that definitely helped me to also realize that, uh, what was happening with her wasn't mine, mm-hmm. and that was probably one of the biggest that in letting go of the outcome of whatever happens with her was, was two of the things that I really, when I really started to embrace that is when things really started to change for me. Um, that's because just, I let him go, man, that's just
0: that, you know, that's your baby. That's, you know, yep. how do I let her steer the course? How do I let her get in the driver's seat? Because we want to control, but what we have to understand brains is that we cannot relive our lives Vicariously through our children, I yeah. tell people all the time we are the vessel. And once you've delivered that baby onto the world, yeah, you know, it, you, you do the very best that you can. Yeah, you try to deviate. You know, you send them to the best schools. You buy know, mm-hmm. this. You do that. You do this, and then they meet a bunch of people and they go rogue, or something internally doesn't set right. They don't feel that they're good enough. They suffer with depression. They suffer with anxiety, uh, you know, body dysmorphia, the cotton picking internet. So many yeah. people getting tricked up by the, these young kids. Yeah. Are getting just really bamboozled by the, the internet. I don't know if yeah. I have a young kid right now. I don't even know if I let them do it or I would be like a helicopter mom. I'd be so on top of it.
1: Yeah. The, the unplugging part I think is um, so important for everyone but especially Absolutely. for someone who's younger um unplugging and getting outside getting in nature get your yep. feet on the ground get yourself grounded and um I think the most important thing is you know who are you hanging around with
0: oh yeah you are, you are yeah, this, I tell my daughter all the time you are what you eat yeah you, know, you are who you hang around yeah Again, there's that judgment. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Fun, they're hip. Everybody likes them. They're popular, you know, and then one thing leads to another and Mm -hmm. you get caught up in a situation. Yeah. But my mother always instilled in me a lot of good things, but she was very honest. And she said, hey, you know, you are a queen. You are valuable. You are worthy. You are strong you have options, you have choices. I mean, she just ingrained that in me. Yeah. So again, it almost was perceived as a form of arrogance, but it wasn't, it was self-worth and and Absolutely. gratification and self-esteem at a very early age. You know, my mother yeah. was, you know, knocked up at 14 years old. First time yeah. out she got pregnant. Yeah. She said that she didn't want that to happen to me. So right. she- Turn me onto the game along, you know, at an early age as to set boundaries, understand who you are, and, and all that. But then there's generational trauma. Yep. That come from, you know, it may not have come through you, but it could have been through grandma. Yep. Or grandma's grandma. And now it's trickled down to you. So you are doing amazing work in this space, and I commend you because Thank you. Um, it was a sacrifice. For 15 years you gave up a lot again yeah relationship your time your money your energy your spirit your soul your child yeah now you're looking like brand new money
1: thank you thank you
0: and i can tell that you got a lot of good wisdom and some good horse sense so let's have, go i love it let's have some fun questions of you i always like to do that i always all right end it on a on a on a good note if uh you were a car. What kind of car would
1: you be, Lisa? What kind of car would I be? I would be a... Uh, I think I'd be like a, a Dodge truck. Oh, boy. Rough and rugged. And, and ready to go.
0: That's right. And can, a, oh, hook
1: up anything to my tailgate. That's right. Go. You can pull a load. You can pull a that's load. That's right.
0: Absolutely. If you were an appliance in the kitchen. What appliance would you be? Oh, my goodness.
1: I think I'd be the coffee maker.
0: Ooh.
1: Strong, sturdy, readily available. Everybody wants me. Everybody
0: <laughs> wants you. I want to be the refrigerator. I just want to chill. There you go. <laughs> Love it. If you were a flower in the garden, what flower would you be?
1: I think I would be a hydrangea. Hmm. I love how they are. They bloom around and they change color as they go.
0: That is really good. What would you tell a mother that is struggling right now, that is looking at their child and saying, you know what? I just want to slap the skin off of you. What would you tell that person?
1: I would say... Find what brings you joy. Find something that brings you joy. Create a self-care plan. Start taking care of yourself. Start looking at how you can create the conditions for yourself to create the ecosystem for that child to step into because they're not... When they do get to the point to where they don't want to use anymore, which no one wants to be an addict. No one wants to be an addict. I want to put that out there right away. Uh, we just don't know how to get out of it. Um, really take care of yourself, really take care of yourself because it is the potential that this could be a very long road and, uh, taking care of yourself, finding a tribe, finding people that support you and love you without judging you or making you feel shameful or guilty about the situation is crucial um because it's not yours
0: right yeah that's the one of the biggest things is you got to offload it and yeah. realize that it is not yours um yeah and find you know find solace in knowing that there's something bigger and greater than you yes god spirit yes. source my friend calls it gus god universe is sports oh i love that. that yeah yeah that or you know um a nice boyfriend, a girlfriend. Yeah. A nice pet. Pets mm-hmm. are just the absolute best. They are. They're the best.
1: Yes, they are. Love. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah. thank you so much, Lisa, for being here on the edge with me. Thank and my you. Friend. Tell um my listeners how they can get in contact with you, hook up, do some one-on-one, do a retreat, yeah. um, or find a facility near you that you might be able to travel to. How can they find it? Yeah.
1: So I have a website, LisaQuintoWellness.com, um, and there's uh, some resources there. You can read all about me. You can also get in touch with me to schedule a time for us to chat and see if this, you know, this could be a really great fit together. Yeah. Well, I'm also on social media, Lisa Quinto, um, but uh, the website's probably the easiest way to get hold of me. All right. Well, I'm going
0: to put this out there. Um, Brains, know that you can be addicted, unfortunately, at 10 or 12. You could be addicted at 70 or 80. And addiction is just a pattern. It it is um, a sickness. Like Lisa says, nobody wants to do this. Nobody wants to live in squalor. Nobody wants to steal. Nobody wants to be alienated from their family. Nobody wants to lose their teeth. <laughs> yeah. They don't they don't want that. Yeah. They want to live a fully productive life like you and I. Yeah. Start with the conversation. I am. Yeah. I'm in recovery. I'm doing my best. I'm trying. I'm taking it one day at a time. I love me. Have those great conversations with yourself. And I think that will be a great starting point. Thank you so much for being here on the edge with me and my brains, Lisa. Brains, go take care of yourself. Go right here. You see a little avatar? You see this? I'm putting it right in your face. You can't miss it. Yeah. (laughs) I want you to love, like, share, and subscribe. Love, like, share, and subscribe. Mm -hmm. Share this with somebody that is uh, struggling with their parent that is sitting there getting ready to write that check or looked in their purse and found out that all their money is gone. Or they're sitting there in tears, wondering where their child is, wondering if they're going to be okay. Or for the person that is on, you know, a substance and feels that nobody loves them and there's no way out. There's hope. Yeah.
1: There's yes. Hope. Yeah. Um,
0: yep. thanks, thanks, Thank you.
1: Thank you.